When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the Girls and Boys NSAA High School Soccer Championships from Morrison Stadium at Creighton University. Tuesday, May 14th, see Class B Boys at 5.30 p.m. Central and Class A Boys at 8 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When we could be superstars, we've been rather wrecking cars. Roll is that jambo? Oh, kicking off hour number two here on Herd at Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula. That's Mike Sodder. We are joined on the Warhorse Sportsbook Hotline by Michael Rose Ivy, former Nebraska football player, current uh, high school football coach. Michael, how are you this morning? Doing good. Doing good. Let's get uh, let's get right into Nebraska and Illinois here. Um, I'm really curious about Johnny Newton on that Illinois defensive line. He's obviously a super talented guy and a uh, likely high first-round draft pick for Illinois. As an offense, what are some of the ways you would deal with somebody of that nature in terms of do you do you just try and double them? Do you go away from them? What, what's your mindset on how to deal with somebody as as talented as a Johnny Newton? You know, I think when you look at him, obviously he's a, a aggressive, you know, more attacking D lineman. You know, he's not a guy that's going to sit the line of scrimmage and, and you know, kind of, you know, the the classic shock shed, you know, get off on the ball, right? He's going to be aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, so you look at some, some gap schemes, you look at some trap stuff, um, you know, wash him down a little bit. You know, his eyes, obviously, you know, be able to make those plays in the backfield as a defensive lineman, you know, you, your eyes kind of have to be back there seeing what's going on. So, some guys have that natural ability to still be able to make plays and have a feel for that blocker, even though eyes aren't perfect, right? Aren't textbooks as a coach would like them. But um, you know, you look for some things that's going to get them, uh, get them up the field. Uh, you know, get them one way. Obviously, double teams helps putting you know, you know, putting 600 pounds on 300 pounds a couple of times to to slow them down. Um, you know, middle screens and things like that um, to influence them. You know, he can be a game wrecker, and you know, for what they do on defense, they play a lot of man. And they you know, they expect him and the other guys up front to kind of get pressure with their stunts and stuff. So, um, you know, I think, you know, running at him, you know, and, and putting guys on, putting bodies on him and making sure, right, he's, he's feeling some good, good amount of contact every play is a, a good way to slow him down. You mentioned how sometimes the eyes aren't perfect. That's not specific to Johnny Newton. There's a lot of guys on that Illinois defense that seem like sometimes they struggle with their eye discipline on uh, kind of inside run fakes and getting out to the perimeter. Is that something you think Nebraska is able to take advantage of tonight? 
I think they can. Um, I, I think, especially, I looked at a couple, you know, just a couple of clips of their, their Purdue game, and um, you know, I know Coach White and Coach Rule talked about the mistakes on Nebraska's defense last week, but I mean, there was there was just as many I, I saw from Illinois. You know, uh, just not fitting the right gap, like you said, eyes in the, in the wrong place, especially on the second and third level. Um, you know, like I said, they do play a lot of man-to-man coverage, and they get themselves in positions where you know eyes are, are are wandering. So you get you know you get the grab of the guys making that that secondary move to get past you. Um, and, and they leave themselves open to some big plays. You know, I think, um, you know, I think it's a game where Nebraska can really just run at them. You know, I, I think also they're, they're not as physical as the past couple teams in Nebraska, especially Michigan. Um, so it'll be a good opportunity to get that confidence back and being a smash mouth team. I can see a lot of affirmation and, and really trying to pound the ball at them and kind of getting back to that, you know, old school Nebraska mindset offense, you know, that was kind of doing with before the Michigan game. Do you, do you think that? You will see more maybe 31 personnel or try and maybe help that left side of the offensive line a little bit um, with a little more tight end or maybe some fullback stuff, I guess? Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely can see that, um, you know, with, with the tight end and adding the fullback. Um, I, I, I think, you know, the, person, the personnel helps, you know, um, but at the end of the day, you know, the guys that are playing, you know, you have to execute. Um, obviously, as a coach, you're, you try to find ways to um, alleviate, you know, your weak links from being exposed and, and really, you know, deteriorating your game plan. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, we we got to find some guys that can step up and play play in that role. You know, what I mean, and um, you know, whoever whoever it is, draw scholarship, walk on. You know, you know, we we got to find whatever whatever the fit is or the, for this season to get what we for what we got. You know, getting some guys in there that can, that can play and, and, and help us out. We're talking with Michael Rose, Ivy, former Husker. Uh, you know, Coach Rule a lot this week has talked about um, playing not to lose versus playing to win, and he feels like his guys have gotten maybe a little bit tight and they're playing not to lose instead of playing to win. From a practical standpoint, when you're out there or while you're watching games, how do you, what are some of the things you look at that help you identify when guys are – playing not to lose versus playing to win or is it something you kind of have to pick up from being inside the locker room um a little bit of both i mean you know you're gonna, you're gonna have mistakes but when it's like very obvious, i mean for me having a football i mean i play the game like at the second level with linebackers you know, mm-hmm. i look at like a two or three runs you know that kind of got broken off or because bad fits by linebackers right and i can i can notice that and say you know the, the way their reaction is tells me, you know, obviously they've been coached, you know, read the guards, whatever, read the keys, but their reaction initially on the start of the play shows me that there was a disconnect between um, what they've been taught and what they've been coached and what they're, what they're doing. And, you know, we've seen them be able to play against, you know, a somewhat similar scheme and stuff like that, obviously different players. But it's like when you see that different opponent, right, what, why is that making you play different? You know what I mean? And, and we experience, we experience in high school all the time, right? Mm-hmm. You, know, you 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 get to play them. You know you play the the team. Hey, they got they got Johnny Johnny Johnson. He's a four star. He's going to X Y Z. He's got this scholarship. He's got this scholarship. And you know I'm not saying those guys are looking at those guys missing like man this guy is you know rated here X here on you know Mel Kiper's mock draft or but the mindset that you know like I said I'm just I'm just playing to get through this right. I'm not going to hit my gap part as a linebacker as a offense lineman. I'm not going to take those extra two three steps to finish a guy get him really sealed out of the gap right because. I'm already defeated mentally, and I saw on Twitter a lot of people were saying, you know, you know that mentality should have been killed in the off season, and 
you know, and just seeing that repetitively, and it's like it's obvious a lot of people have not been in a locker room and understand that there is a a a a, a carryover obviously from the old staff. But also, too, you don't know what you have, what you truly have until bulls are flying. Mm-hmm. Until, until you're, you're really out there, you're in the trenches, and things are going crazy. It, it's good to say we got culture. You know, we five-star culture over – or uh, no-star culture, five-star culture, or, you know, whatever your mantra was. It's good to say that in the, in the spring. It's, it's cool to say that in the summer, right? But when it's week four, week five, right, is that is that really living through your players? Is that really living through your staff, Right. So I think that's that's the biggest thing is um, you know Nebraska has to find find a way. It's not even about getting back to playing Nebraska football, just playing a good brand of football. And, and let's not put a name on it, let's not put an error on it, and just say let's get back to playing a good brand of football. What is that? What is that? Controlling the field position, controlling the football, playing good defense, and your special teams not losing the game for you. You know, and they got to find a way. Whoever it is, whatever the recipe, whatever the play call set is, they got to find a way to get to that. Yeah, Luke Almeyer is uh, a quarterback for Illinois. Uh, let's just go with okay. <laughs> um, right. And it, but do you think, just looking a little bit, I mean, he is averaging thirty-five yards on the ground. He's a little mobile. Can he? You think that he He's might? Yeah. Do you think he can hurt? Nebraska's defense a little bit with his legs. I mean, they haven't really seen someone just take it off and go. You know, from a quarterback position, McCarthy. I guess McCarthy, did a little bit, yeah. but yeah. I, I was. I would say. I mean, he could. I mean, he's he's like that kid that you know wants to always play quarterback. Yeah. And, you know, everything has to be, everything has to be off platform. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everything has to be that Johnny Manziel from the ball mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of run around, making <laughs> yeah. great play type of thing. And, uh, you know, he, he plays a little bit of hero ball, you know, from, from what I've seen, the little film I've seen of him. Um, but I, I think with how Illinois' offense is designed, they don't mind getting the quarterback involved in the run game. So I can see about five to seven designed runs for him, especially if, you know, they're trying to hammer down on, uh, was it McCray, I think, the, the running back for Illinois. Mm-hmm. You know, really trying to fill those gaps inside. Um, but the big thing is always, right, you get the third downs and you saw versus Michigan, you know, you play man-to-man, and if you don't have that guy that can demand – a double team or demand the, the O-line to shift the protection that way, you know, it becomes hard to just rush, you know, three to four guys. And then, you know, obviously there's, there's telltale signs and you're about to bring five or six to the safety rotation changes. So um, you put your DBs in kind of some, some, some tough positions, not being able to get pressure with those three to four guys. And you know, obviously things happen when you, you send more guys. And like Coach White said, the, the, I think it was the D lineman got out the wrong gap or went the wrong way in the pressure. And, that's how McCarthy scores. So he can hurt them. I think that's something they probably corrected and looked at. You know, both teams came are coming off and getting punched them out. You know, Michigan and Nebraska is a little more televised than Illinois Purdue. Mm-hmm. So I think both teams are going to come in with a, a chip on their shoulder. Michael, I, I've been wondering about that Sunday practice that Nebraska had this week. They went full pads day after the game and, and by all accounts went pretty hard. I guess just for mm-hmm. our frame of reference, how uncommon is that? I mean, I would imagine it's pretty rare, but in your experience, how uncommon is it to have that type of practice directly after a game that way? I'm trying to think if we ever did that with Bo. I don't. I don't think so. So I mean, that Monday practice was hard as that. My Monday practice was hard as hell. But sure. I don't think we ever. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think we ever had to come back on the Sunday. You know, I, I I couldn't imagine it. I mean. Um, for myself, I mean, I, I usually be I mean, I'm pretty sore after, after games and stuff like that. But also, I mean, 
you know, it, it's it's super rare. I mean, I I can't think of anyone that I've talked to in college ball that had some experience or anything like that. Um, so I mean, we'll see what you know if the dividends pay off, you know, tonight and um, and for and for the future. But um, you know, it's it's very rare. Do you think that something? that specific can be kind of a turning point i know a lot of the things we talk about are uh, kind of long-term fixes whether it's in instilling culture or uh, accountability mm-hmm. or whatever do you think there can be kind of a moment where the rubber meets the road and it's like oh coach has been talking about this all off season or in the spring or in the summer but once we actually got to it and we really didn't play up to the level that we expected then oh he really is about that do you think it can be kind of a singular moment like that not, i think not with the context of the our program and where we've been i don't think so mm-hmm. i think it has to be a consistent um you know week to week basis of just playing good football you know what i mean um i i think that's where for one the confidence because you know we we can go out and, and god forbid right we, we go lose versus illinois and you know what the message board are going to say. They're going to mock the fact that, you know, we did that practice on Sunday. We we still got our bucks, you know. Sure. And it's a catch-22, and that's the one thing I, you know, I did even being in the younger generation, somewhat younger generation, right, that I hate about technology. Like, that's something I don't think we should know. And I don't know if Coach Rule was the one who brought the information out. Yeah. And I because it would be something I would rather come out after the game. Like, yeah, you know, this week we really focused shoot. We even had a, a practice on Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. So now it's it's not it's, I feel like there's so much more expectation when you announce those things, and that's not on Coach Rule. It's a lot of coaches that you know do this and announce things and um, all that stuff. But it puts more expectation and pressure that's already on the kids. Obviously, as you saw in the film versus Michigan. Um, but at the end of the day, like I said, it can't be a singular moment. It has to be something that's consistent. They put together you know good brand of football, you know competitive, um, you know, and, and just and just going out and just just playing good football, clean football. You know, little mistakes, you know, and playing with pride. I think that's a big thing all the coaches talked about in the press conference was the pride part. This this game feels like it's uh, and I guess I hate to say it, but a make-or-break season okay. kind of game. You know what I mean? Like, do, do yeah, players yeah, feel yeah. that? Do players feel that? Oh, for sure. I mean, you feel you feel the tide. You feel that the tide, right? You know, you're on, you're on that ship, right? And mm-hmm. you know, some people are undefeated, right? They're ranked two, one. You know, Michigan, right? Their 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 water is pretty pretty smooth sailing right now, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you get going through the season and things start to get a little bit more turbulent, you know, you definitely feel that, right? Because especially with this transfer portal era, right? In that locker room, you, you can sense the guys that are kind of pulling away, right? Mm-hmm. This guy was you know holding conversation in the locker room and holding court, as we used to call it. Right, but now he's not involved himself, you know, in everything, right? Because he's hurt that maybe he's on the second team of the depth chart now, or he's not getting the reps he was getting, and he's not, you know, maybe he's not producing, maybe he's not getting the ball, right? So we, we, we as players, we feel that, right? And we do as much as we can within our, you know, there's you know small clicks within the team, right, to, mm-hmm. to bring our individual guys along, you know, with it, with the team mindset, uh, team team minded. I'm sorry, the team mindset. Uh, Within our within our mind as well, so um, it, it's definitely something players feel. I think it's something that the players understand. That's where that leadership comes in. It's like, hey, when does the buck stop, right? When when are we gonna say enough is enough, and we're gonna really you know give our all and, and put everything into this, and and, and not just be the talk and, and really walk the walk. And I mean, that's not just this this generation of, of players we got on our roster. It's been that since you know even I was there. So it's it's, it's something that um, you know they're they're fighting. 
and, and you know, we got to keep supporting them and, and keep rooting them on because mm-hmm. at some point it's going to turn and we're going to like the results. Michael, I, I'm, I'm curious. I, I'm sure you heard uh, some of Matt Rule's comments after the game where he says, hey, you're going to find out about what Nebraska is about on Friday and you're going to find out what I'm about on Friday. Does, as a player, how, how do you? How would you have received your coach? I mean, kind of putting a little bit of extra pressure on publicly about how the team needs to perform on Friday. How would you have processed that? Um, I would. I mean, I had both, man. I would have. I would say, <laughs> no, we, we we know exactly what it is. Um, I mean, it, it, there would there wouldn't be much to process. I mean, for, honestly. You like I said, we were we would recognize, understand, like man, the guys that performance was. I, I remember very vividly, like the McNeese, McNeese State game. Right? Mm-hmm. Amir Abdullah had that great catch. Um, and we're I'm not saying we're in lockers celebrating, like going crazy or anything. But you know, we got to win. We're good. Hey, we survive. And you know, Amir, I think he had an interview, you know, ESPN or whoever. And he came in a locker room. This is before Bo came there. And I mean, he ripped us. I mean, mm-hmm. just just completely. That's not how we play football, y'all. Here. High five and you know laughing, all just doing all this stuff, and we almost got our ass beat by you know McNeese State. I mean, he's, he's going off, and Coach Boca in there is like, I don't need to say anything, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's like players recognize they they recognize an ugly win, they and and you know there is no really pretty losses, but they recognize those things and, and they understand those things, and I think there wasn't really much pressure put on him. I just think it's a he I, when a coach is in a press conference, he's talking to two people, recruits and his players on the team. Yeah. And I think it's just setting that tone and letting them, hey, for one, if you're here, that's, this is not the effort we want. And two, if you are in the stands on a recruiting visit or you're watching at home, this is not the type of players we want. And I think that's, that's, that's the message. And obviously, you go out and practice on a Sunday right after playing the game. I mean, that's, that's a pretty clear message. Like, hey, we're this is not what we're about. This is not what I want to I want to put my name on, right, and I don't want you guys to have your name on as well. So, you know, let's get back to work immediately and figure it out. But, you know, I, I don't think there's added pressure. I think it's just – I think it's the expectation. You know what I mean? Again, it could, it could, you know, God forbid they go out and lose tonight. It could be mocked all over Twitter and social media and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I, 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 I want the Brass to live in a bubble. Hey, it, mm-hmm. it's about us as well. And I think some fans get kind of turned off by that message. You know, the uh, us versus the world, kind of the bow mentality that kind of he had. You know, it's, it's us versus the world. And, and not when, when the coaches say that, when coaches have that mantra, it's the fans too, right? It's the, it's the admin. It's, it's, the, it's the janitor. It's everybody. It's us, right? Anybody that represents the end, it's us versus them. And we're not worried about, you know, I tweet about, like, you know, Nebraska is still tweeting about Colorado. Like, we should not be worried about any other program. We have enough, we have enough stuff to clean up within our own house. And I think if we put, if we all put more focus on that and more on on that, and not worry about well, where we should be in year one, two, three, I think we all, find, for one, feel better about the progress we are making, right? And also about where we can possibly go with Matt Rule and the staff, and just the projection, right? Because he doesn't have all his guys in yet. So let let, let the guy work, give him time, and, and you know things will things will work out as they should. Um, but I, I think our energy can be more invested and in, in more positive support for the team at, at some point. Yeah, I mean, if you got a, if your 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 knife and your fork better not be in the sink, uh, if you're going to someone else's house complaining about dishes in the sink, for sure. So like, sure. yeah. Um, it, the the single is, you, know, you talk about leadership and all that, and, and inside the locker room, it feels like you know that's on the single digit jersey guys, right? Like, 
Right. The guys that have the zero, the one, the two, the three, the four, um, right. they did that for a reason. And, and also some of those guys need to probably play better on the field. I mean, their, their production. Yeah. Hey, so at what point is that? Yeah, like if those guys aren't producing on the field, but they're also trying to be the vocal piece, do you, does that get tuned out, I guess, inside the locker room or, or no? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it depends on what their message is, right? Mm-hmm. If, if you're a guy, right, you know, I'm just thinking defense. If you're a guy at the D-line, right, you're, just get, you're getting washed. You, I mean, you're not holding the gap. I mean, I got – if I'm a linebacker, right, I got a guard attack already in my lap when the ball is snapped, Right. Um, you know, obviously your message starts to wane, you know, wane, wane off on guys, right? It's not really heard, right? But I, I think and it's kind of almost similar to how parents view youth sports. It's, it's what, do you, what are you getting out of it, right? So, I mean, obviously if you got a guy who's limited talent-wise, you already know that, or maybe more limited than the, uh, the average opponent he goes against in the Big Ten, right? I, as a coach, especially in year one, right, especially if I'm already preaching process, 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 build, 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 Right, I'm more comfortable playing a guy I trust. I know they're showing up to class, not getting the emails right from the from the academics, not getting emails from the teachers. You know, doing everything right. I trust that in year one to be able to build a foundation, at least with my culture. Right, hey, I already know coming into this thing, I don't know how many games we're gonna win. Right, I'm already coming to understand that. So my first thought process, right, is I want to establish a culture that's, that's, that's everlasting. It goes beyond this year because. You know, I, I even tell seniors, hey, I got more games here left than you, right? <laughs> so, for me, you know, for me, I, I don't I necessarily don't want to, uh, you know, destroy the, the opportunity to build a foundation in my culture by just playing guys that are more talented, right, but are creating more headaches, you know, Sunday through, Sunday through Friday, right? Because that weighs on a coach, you know, especially a position coach. No matter how many times a – uh, coordinator coming, hey, wh- why is this guy? I'm like, man, coach, man, you see my emails, you see him in practice, you see him in individuals, right? And they have a long laundry list of so like, well, we want to get him in there, right? We need to get him in there, right? And then you'll see a crucial mistake happen, right, in the game. And you know what? That this coach get that coordinator that look, that's why that guy's not, not <laughs> playing, right? And I, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen it happen, right? And it's gone other ways too, where position coaches fought for a guy, and you know he goes out there and he's not ready, so. Um, you know, I, I, I rather them keep establishing and building culture. Like I said, just get back to a good brand of football. It ain't got to be championship football tomorrow or tonight. It ain't got to be championship football next week. But just get back to playing a good, solid, foundational game of football that, that, that we can say, hey, we, we, didn't, we, 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 just got out, we just got out recruited. You know, mm-hmm. the games that we got out recruited, we got out recruited. Right now we're getting out, we're out recruited in this game. Right? But Illinois, that's a team I think we're, we're equally, if not a little bit better than Right, I think we should be able to take advantage of it, be able to get some confidence, man. I, I really think, so, especially offensively, if they can run the ball effectively. All right, all right, Michael, let's get you out of here on this. How do you see this game playing out for Nebraska? And you know, you want to throw a little score prediction in there? We we'll take that too. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go twenty twenty three seventeen. Mm. Going Nebraska there? Okay. Yeah, 23-17. I think right. the defense comes out and plays with the hair on fire, gets some turnovers, they'll make Altmaier make some mistakes. Just just play gaps down in the run game. I do think Josh Williams is a good threat on at the receiver spot for him, so that's going to be something that would be interesting who they put on there, like Steel Mar Brown on him. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it'll be a good game, really good game. Michael Rose-Ivy, we appreciate your time as always. We'll talk to you again soon. Appreciate you guys. Go Big Red. That's Michael Rose-Ivy, former Nebraska Cornhusker. He coaches high school football now. Really good stuff from him, mm-hmm. as always. Uh, really good stuff about culture there, too. I know yeah, it's something know 
we talk about a lot with Matt Rule, but it's it's really interesting to see or to hear from somebody who obviously, you know, played for a coach that I, I don't know that – I mean, I don't know if, that, if I immediately think culture when I think of Bo, but obviously oh, – I, I, I do. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, I think and it's hard uh, for me to separate the public persona versus – You know what I mean? I, I think I, – I th- I think there's such a vacuum of, uh, man, how he his culture was. It is us and only us. And yes. Everyone against us and all that, which I, I you know, I don't know if I necessarily like that. Sure. Um, but it certainly was his brand what, of culture. Yeah, okay. literally us, like that's the fair. locker room and no one else. everybody. Yeah, fans included. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I mean. By that's, the way, that MRI segment. Yeah. I will put my money on that being one of the best segments on radio that you can find right there. there I think go. he's that good. Right there. Right, right there. there. And we he was right there on the Warhorse Sportsbook Hotline. We're going to talk to Matt Verzal coming up next.